Merry Christmas. I'm really honored you've joined me for this conversation. Trust me, I realize you could be doing lots of other things. I mean, you've got toys to be, play with for crying out loud. So I count it an honor to be able to devote this time together on what is for many of us the most special day of the year. This can also be a difficult day for some of us. If we've experienced a loss, for instance, the Christmas season can act like a megaphone for that loss. So thank you for being here in spite of that. Or maybe you're here because of that. I pray God uses this time to draw near to us and to encourage us and to infuse some joy in us where needed. Okay, today we're going back to the Christmas story as Luke recorded it. And we're going to learn some amazing things from the message the angels gave the shepherds. I think it's fair to say that Advent changes everything. Well, in the message of the angels, we learn just why that's the case. We're going to hear three important truths about the Christmas story from the angels. Let me just tell you what they are. Number one, the Christmas story offers good news. Number two, the Christmas story is real. In other words, it really happened. We'll start with that one. Number three, real and true religion produces joy in our lives. Let me read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had just heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, the first thing we learn right from the outset of this story is that the story of the birth of Jesus is a real historical event. Have you ever noticed that none of the accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, none of them begin by saying, once upon a time, quite the contrary. Luke, in fact, says at the very beginning of his account that he has carefully investigated all of the events he's about to cover to confirm their truthfulness. I still remember going to a movie theater in 1977. Yes, I'm that old and watching a brand new science fiction movie that started right from the get-go with this script, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I was immediately in. I knew that I was in for an adventure. I knew that I was going to love this, and I also knew it was fiction. The movie had no intention of portraying real events. But Luke 2 begins like this. I didn't read this before, but this is the first eight verses. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, everything about this account is historical. Actual places are listed. We know there's a Nazareth and a Bethlehem. They still exist today. I've visited them. Actual people are listed. People we know from history. It can be determined within a couple of years when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Of course there was a Caesar Augustus. And yes, Jesus is mentioned by contemporary authors outside of the Bible. I get that it's hard to believe some of the details of this account. On other occasions, I've discussed the reasonableness of these events, the believability, the logical believability of these events, but I, I get there's a reason to pause. But let me disabuse you of the idea, if you hold to it, that these guys from the first century, and, and some of them eyewitnesses, let me disabuse you of the idea that they didn't believe it. They did. They were writing history from their standpoint, and many of them died defending that notion. The story of the birth of Jesus is a real historical event. And that makes our faith different from other religions. Look, other religions are collections of teachings, philosophical postulations about life or suffering or about how to find true meaning. But Christianity rises and falls on the historical reality of a life lived here on planet Earth. A baby was born under remarkable circumstances, circumstances that force us to adjust everything we know, literally, the baby grew into a man who claimed to be God the Son. He claimed that his life would be sacrificed so that nothing would separate us from our God. And then he was killed just as he said he would be. Three days later, he walked out of the grave just as he said he would, overcoming our final and ultimate enemy, death. And now the result of that is offered to us. And he waits for us to respond. Do we trust him? Do we believe him? Will we surrender to him? The story of the birth of Jesus is a real historical event. This is true religion. Can we trust that? The second thing we learn from the angels is that Jesus' coming is good news. I love what Pastor Tim Keller said about this. He said, the story of Jesus' birth is not good advice, it's good news. You know, advice involves recommendations about what you should do. News is a report about what has already been done. Advice urges you to make something happen. News urges you to recognize something has already happened and you must respond to it. In other words, advice encourages our effort. News is a report outside of us and we have to react to it. Think of it like this. Imagine you live in a home of more than one floor and a pipe bursts in your upstairs bathroom. By the time you get home to discover it, the ceiling in your kitchen is ruined and it's already leaked down into your basement. Diane is worried and freaking out a little bit. Did I say that out loud? What you need in that situation is a very good plumber to identify the source of the leak and to fix it. Then you need someone to make repairs in your home, including replacing the kitchen floor. You need lots of advice. Who should I call? What kind of price range should I expect? How long will this take? What do I need to watch out for? Is there anything I should do right now? You need advice because there's stuff for you to do. Now, scenario two. Imagine you go over to your neighbor's house to lament what has happened, maybe even to seek some of that advice you need. And suddenly, someone storms into the room and says, your house is completely fixed. It's as if there was never a leak. Everything is perfect. In fact, it's better than it was before. Well, in the first case, you would have been looking for advice. 
There was much for you to do. But in the second case, you got good news. All you have to do is respond to that news. And by the way, the person that brought you that news is a very welcome messenger, right? You know one of the words for messenger in Greek is angelos or angel. I bring you good news, the angel told the shepherds. This is good news, not good advice. This is, this is news about what God has done. This is not a call to action for us. This is a call to response. And, and the fact that it's good news means that the Christmas story is not just some sentimental story about a wonderful baby being born. In our culture, that's kind of how this story gets looked at, if it's looked at at all. Oh, isn't that sweet, sweet little baby Jesus? And no matter how many spectacular circumstances you surround that story with, if that's the essence of Christmas, a sentimental story about a baby being born, if that's it, then that isn't good news. That would be a warm story. That would be a sweet occurrence for sure, but that's not good news. Okay, maybe it's good news for Mary, but that story would have zero impact on the shepherds, much less us. That's not good news. That's just sentimentality. Over the years, my wife Diane has educated me on how to respond to these kinds of things. I've, I've learned to ask the right questions. How much did she weigh? Where did where'd you give birth? Did you have much trouble? Oh, yes, let me see the pictures. And it really is sweet to hear these stories. I, I like watching the parents tell their story, and usually they love to tell it. But it's not good news, at least not for me. <laughs> it has no bearing on me at all. But the birth of Jesus... That was good news. That's what the angels announced. I bring you good news, the angel told the shepherds. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A Savior has been born to you. Now that's good news. Look, every other religion says, here's how you should live, or here's what you should do in order to connect with God, or here are the rules, or, or this is the way to align yourself with the universe. But that's advice. But Jesus says, you can't reach up to God. You wouldn't even know how or where to start. But I've come to you. I've come to make a real relationship with God accessible. I've come to give you life and peace and joy. I've done it. I've come to serve. I've come to lay down my life and and I'm going to take care of everything that separates you from God. All you have to do is believe in me. This is how we have access to God and to who we were designed to be. Now, this is, this is sometimes where Christianity gets into trouble, but we can't avoid it. The seeds of it are right here in the Christmas story. It's good news. And can I say, even at the risk of being a little arrogant, this is real religion. And it's good news. Well, the third thing we learn from the angels is that religion, which is real and true, produces joy. We hear it right from the outset, from the very first announcement. I bring you good news of great joy, the angel proclaimed. Have you read some of the countless articles chronicling the crisis of joy in our culture right now? Actually, I think it's global. We are experiencing a joy crisis, it seems. Career malaise, relational disconnection, unprecedented levels of mental health issues, disaffection from our social and political system. And, and when you read or hear this stuff, we know it's true. We're experiencing it. There's just a general sense of meh or worse. And we blamed it on COVID. 
So let's be clear, joylessness is not one of the side effects of a respiratory illness. But our personal and culture-wide response to COVID has, it seems, created a kind of toxic soup of disquiet and angst. Now, I'm not making a political statement, by the way. Maybe it was the, the best thing we could have done. We can debate that. What, what we don't need to debate is that we find ourselves adrift and joyless. So what's the solution? Well, there's much we could say, isn't there? Much has been said, and I'm sure some of it is very helpful. But fellow Christian, on this day, let me remind you of the big picture. Let me remind you of, of all that advice, all that the advice rests on. Let me remind us where the real and true source of our joy is. Let me bring you good news of great joy. 2,000 years ago, on approximately this day, a Savior was born to us, Christ the Lord. He grew up, He taught us, He served us, He died for us, He rose from the dead for us, and now He sits with the Father praying for us. And nothing can separate us from His love, nor can anything rob us of what is ours in Him. I'm not saying that this is easy-peasy. I'm not saying, oh, just choose joy, it's easy. Jesus himself told us, in this world, you will have trouble. Being a little bit more realistic than we even want him to be. <laughs> no, it's not easy, but it's real, and it's true, and it's good news. Our Savior, our hope, the foundation of our purpose, the giver of life, and our source of joy has come. Merry Christmas.